We are excited. We're, we're right in the middle of uh, launching into our fall semester and uh, excited about the fall. How many of you excited about the fall today? And uh, mainly because God's good and it's football season. So, so for some of us, that's, that's a big deal. You know, I, I was thinking just now when I walked up, I had a, I'm, I'm just a transparent at times, so I'm just going to say it. But I had a moment of terror hit me standing right there, and I thought, I hope my zipper's up this morning. And, and I really did. So anyway, God's good. Amen? Forgive me. But we're getting ready. Today is our big group launch. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he is saved, I promise you. If you're a visitor, I am saved. And uh, excited about what God's doing. You know, sometimes in life, you just walk by faith and not by sight. And, and we're in that time, you know, the economy and different news and all this stuff's going on out there. But how many of you know you pray for things and God answers prayer? God touches lives. God, God does what he says he's going to do. And uh, look at this past week. Come on, how about the rain? And uh, what a blessing that is. So I've learned in life that, that it isn't always pretty. It doesn't always look like you think it's going to look like. You're going to see things, go through things. But God is always faithful and God always does what he says he's going to do. And so we're launching into our fall semester today. We're going to kick off a series called On the Trail. Everybody say On the Trail. And uh, uh, this leads into our fall semester. We're getting ready to connect in a common purpose in groups and launch that in a couple of weeks. So after service back here, you, if you uh, sign up for a group today, they'll get you signed up. You can find a group that you can connect with, group leaders and those kind of things. And uh, they'll launch you and get you, get you signed up. And... You get a t-shirt. Come on, somebody. That's, that's, a, that's a cool thing. How many of you like t-shirts? And some of you already see you wearing them in our group, group t-shirts. But today we're starting a series called On the Trail. And we're going to go to Psalms chapter 17, verse 4 and 5. And he says this in the message translation. It says, I'm not trying to get my way, the world's way. I'm trying to get your way. I'm staying on your trail. I'm putting one foot in front of the other and I'm not giving up. I'm gonna read that again. I'm not trying to get my way, the world's way. I'm trying to get your way, and I'm staying on your trail. I'm putting one foot in front of the other, and I'm not giving up. See, when you give your life to Jesus, who the scripture says is the author and finisher of our faith, the guy that was the mediator between life and death, between, between sin and, and the things that held us back, when you give your life to Jesus, come on, you step on the trail. And, and this is a trail that God created, that the only way that you get on this trail is by Jesus who laid down his life. And so when we step up on this trail, I want you to get this in your heart this morning, you're following in the direction of Jesus. When Jesus told the disciples in, in, in Luke chapter 5, he, he approached them, they were out fishing. They were going through you know, a time where, where they weren't catching any fish, they were frustrated, they fished for a living, and Peter's out there, Simon at the time, you know, fishing and nothing's happening, Jesus approaches and says, hey, hey, uh, 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 launch your nets out into the deep, because the reason that he said in the deep is because that's where the fish were. If, if the fish would have been in the shallow, he would have said, throw your nets in the shallow. Come on, somebody. So don't overread into that. The point of the matter is, come on, the shallow matters and the deep matters in life. There are the, the times you're walking in the shallow, there's the times where the fruit is in the deep. Come on, you need both in your life. Does that make any sense today? You need, that. you need the spiritual, but you also need to get up and go to work in the morning. Come on. So we need both. And so, so God, is, it, it was a master at the way that he designed his church. And so it, it's illustrated in Luke chapter 5 when he's talking to, to Simon at that point. 
and, and they catch all these fish, they get excited. But I want you to, to see the response that Simon had in Luke chapter 5 from Jesus' invitation to get on the trail. And he says this in Luke chapter 5, verse 10b through 11, he says, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Now Simon had recognized something was different about this guy. He said, So they pulled their boats to shore, they left everything, and they followed him. They pulled their boats to shore and they left everything and they followed him. And so this morning I want you to get a hold of something that, 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 that's kind of drifted away in the last 10 to 15 years and a lot. Pastor hit on it last week. But there is a difference between assimilation and discipleship. Our, 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 our mission here at the Life Church is what? Connecting people with God's purpose. Our, our vision is that people matter to God, people matter to us, you matter. Those aren't, those aren't just slogans, but our mission is connecting people with God's purpose. And the reason that that's our, our mission is because that was the mission of Jesus. And so the way that our church is structured, we're launching out on the trail into this new semester, is that we want to get you assimilated into the culture of the Life Church. And we do that through next steps, we do that through groups, we do that through all kinds of things. Everything in our, in our, our mission here at the Life Church Connecting people with God's purpose is to help not only get you on the trail, but come on, keep you on the trail. And so all of you, you're on the trail of life. You have a family, you have kids, you have struggles, you have ups, you have downs, you have insecurities, you have wounds, you have things in your life, come on, that are trying to hold you back. Everything that we do here at the Life Church as a team, everything, everybody say everything, is to help you connect with God's purpose so that you can get on the trail, come on, and live the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. Every shirt we give, every mission trip we take, every, every uh, uh, planning meeting we have as a staff during the week, every volunteer, every, every, from the golf carts, come on to the stage. We're here to help you become a disciple and follower of Christ. That's what it means to be on the trail. So a simulation, listen to me, it gets you into the, the history, the culture, and the language of the church. A couple of weeks or a few weeks, we're going to celebrate 50 years as a church of discipling people and connecting them with God's purpose. Come on. That's exciting. But for your path the next 50 years, come on, we want to help you become a follower of Christ or operate as a disciple. So a simulation gets you in the door, but, but what discipleship does is it puts you on the same path that God created for you. It puts you on the trail. Everybody say on the trail. And so discipleship is to walk and stay on the same trail or the same path that Jesus is on. And so he told them from now on, he said they laid, they laid aside everything and they followed him. And so when you give your life to Jesus, there's a transformation that's supposed to take place. You know, when you get saved, your soul sa you're, you're, you're saved, you're going to heaven. Salvation's there, it's a great thing, but it takes a little bit of time. Come on, if you're new, new to, to Christianity, you'll figure this out. But there takes a little bit of time to operate in true transformation. Which means, listen to me, when you give your life to Jesus, you're declaring that the old man has passed away, the old person has passed away, and now you're walking in the divine nature and the newness of God. And so my old opinions no longer matter. My old habits no longer matter. That, that's not what I'm trying to be. Come on, somebody. Now we're trying to line up with God's word. We're trying to line up with who God says we are. And, we, and the only reason that works, church, the only reason is because we have one common purpose. Anybody know what that is? One common purpose is Jesus. 
And so we're connecting people with God's purpose together, but but the one common purpose, come on, is that Jesus gave his life and became the mediator and is the only name we can call on that can bring salvation. And so we're, we're, we're following Christ. Everybody say, I'm a Christ follower. So we're connected with God's purpose in our life, but we've got, to, we've, got, we've, got to, we've got to give over into that place and allow the divine nature of God to become our nature and invite that into our lives. And so how do we do that? How do we stay on the trail? Why do some people get on the trail then get off the trail? Now this trail that God created for us to walk on, it's not made for the weak. Come on, somebody. It, there's things you're gonna face in, on the trail and it, I wish it was all roses and, and green grass and rain 24 hours a day, at least six months a year. Come on, we're from West Texas. We understand what it means to suffer through a summer. Come on. Yeah, there's no football. I mean, it's a terrible time of year. But we made it. And so in walking with God and, 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 and living this life and being on the trail, this trail has peaks and it has valleys. This trail has ups and downs. There's moments that we, we think we've conquered the world and then two days later, come on, the enemy tries to lie and take it right out from under your feet. There's moments where you think people are on your side. There's moments where you think, hey, there's great breakthroughs coming. And there's those moments of momentum and movement and, and things that happen along the way. The, the people you meet, just think of the people you meet on the trail. I've gotten the privilege of traveling to, to so many nations in my life and meeting so many different types of people I, I have discovered not everybody's from West Texas. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and you know, you meet all these people along the way and have relationships and, and, and even, even go through things and look back and say, man, I'm not the same as I once was. I'm not the same. We just sang about it. I'm not the same as I once was. And it's not because we live in a place where we can be individuals or live in an individualism mentality. It's because we have one common purpose, the name that's above every name, the name that brings freedom, the name that brings healing, the name that brings joy, the name that corrects the things that you used to do wrong so now you can walk into the things that God's called you to do. And that's the name above all names, which is Jesus. And that's who we're following. Come on, we're not following ideas. We're not following different customs. We're not following any of those things. We're following Jesus who came to bring freedom into our lives. And we're connected with that, and we're on this trail with Jesus. Somebody say, I'm with Jesus. And, and, and if you're not, you will be before you leave this place this morning. Come on. If you came in here messed up, you came into the right place today. Come on. Because I believe God has something for your life. And all of us Kelly came in messed up, so, so we qualify. But we're on this path, and we're connecting people with God's purpose. And, and, and again, everything we do as a church is to help disciple people. We don't want you assimilated alone. We want you assimilated into the culture of the church, and then we want you to become a disciple, a follower of Christ. And when you follow Christ, listen to me. The Lord spoke this to me a few days ago. I've learned this, that if I'm a follower of Christ and I've laid down the old nature to receive the new nature, then how many of you know Jesus isn't confused? Jesus isn't wore out. Jesus isn't broke. Jesus isn't in, in, in the midst of relational problems. Jesus isn't walking in unforgiveness. Jesus isn't, isn't, isn't living in pride. He's the most humble man to ever live. I mean, think about this. We're not, we're not just following this idea. We're following the, 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 the person that God sent to the earth, come on, to show us it could be done. 
And so Jesus, the name above all names, and, and, and if we're not careful, we'll get saved in our soul, we'll get assimilated in the church, but we'll never grow in discipleship if we're not careful. Come on, somebody. I know I'm talking to a group of people today that wants to follow Jesus. And so we're in this process. Why do we repeat the same habits over and over and over and over again? Because we're assimilated, we're not discipled. Why do we say the same things we did 20 years ago, just like we said them 20 years ago? And I'm just talking this morning. Come on, look, somebody say, he's not talking to me, he's talking to my neighbor. Come on, it's okay. But we do the same things in, in, in patterns over and over and over again, but without any type of progress. I mean, we've gotta be like, like the man who looks himself in the mirror. Only our mirror isn't with glass. Come on, somebody. Our mirror is the Word of God that we look into. And so when God says that we can, we can, we're more than conquerors, come on, somebody, that's the mirror that I see. When God says that, that we can forgive and be forgiven, that's, that's, the, that's the, the, the mirror that I want to see. When God says that poverty can no longer have reign over your life, that's the, the mirror that I want to see. Come on, am I talking to anybody this morning? And so, so in this society, we're busy and it's easy. Sometimes we just forget to look into our mirror for the answers. Somebody told me that a few weeks ago. They said, I got in the habit. I realized I'm going to God about five steps down the line. I've been going to get help in the wrong places. Come on. We've got to know where our help comes from. And it comes from the man who gave his life. Come on. Who, who ascended and sent back the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. So we've got to hurry this morning. Uh, uh, but we're, we've got to embrace, number one, we embrace becoming a disciple. We connect with God's purpose. We embrace that. I want you to say that five times, I'm a disciple. Say it again, I'm a disciple. Say it like you mean it, I'm a disciple, which means a follower of Christ. You know, I've heard people talk about discipleship all my life, and sometimes I went to this conference a few years ago, and they're like, what is discipleship? And really, no one defined it very well. It was just like, it could be this, it could be that. Discipleship is when you decide you're going to get on the trail with Jesus, and his way is better than your way. And his, and his thoughts become your thoughts, and his path becomes your path. Come on. And so, can I, can I just give you a few of those discipleship thoughts this morning? I had another guy ask me one time, he said, I've been in the church 20 years and no one ever asked me, do you want to be a disciple? I, and I preached a series on that. Do you want to be a disciple? I want to be a disciple. Do you want to be a disciple this morning? And so we're asking you today, do you want to be a disciple of Christ? Do you want to be a follower of Christ? We don't want to be just assimilated. Come on, we want to be discipled. We want to, we want to take, and that simply means I'm taking everything that God says and I'm taking that as my beliefs. I'm laying down my soulish ties that told me I'm not good enough, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pretty enough, I can't run fast enough, and I, I don't have the ability that Daniel has or Amber has or Wayne has, and I'm accepting the thoughts of God into my life as fact. And I'm not gonna let anything alter that fact, come on. A follower of Christ stands on the word of Christ. And when you hear the sayings of Jesus and do the sayings of Jesus, which is what a disciple is, when you hear the sayings of Jesus and do the sayings of Jesus, wisdom begins to work in your life. Isn't it amazing how, how before you gave your life to Jesus, how many dumb things you did? Sometimes we give our life to Jesus and still do dumb things. I see that too regularly and I, I do that as well. But you look back and say, man, I used to love that sin or that thing or that, that, that way of living. And now you look at it and think, man, it's Friday night, unless a football game's in town, come on, I wanna be in bed at eight o'clock. I don't know if I'm getting old or what. I like, I like being home, come on. And, 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 and used to, if it was eight o'clock, I was just getting started. 
thinking I was missing something in darkness. Come on. But when you give your life to Jesus and he brings you into the light of life, the things that you needed to make you feel good about yourself, come on, that was in the old pattern. But when you become a follower and a disciple of Christ, come on, you don't have to go looking for light in darkness. You take the light that's in your life and you become a light to the world. And so that's what discipleship is. And so discipleship is to walk and stay on the same trail or path that Jesus is on. Uh, number two, discipleship, again, is different than a simulation. Everything that, that in your life as a disciple is to, is to receive the words of Jesus and take them as fact. And when you start doing that, there's going to be distractions that come along the way. There's going to be the times where, where, where the enemy tries to talk you out of what God has for you. You've taken the steps in the right direction. And in that process of discipleship, those other words, those, all, those echoes, so to speak, start coming at you and telling you, well, this isn't working, this isn't working. But if you're transformed into the image of God and you're living in the divine nature of God, then we have to hold on to truth. Come on, somebody say, I'm holding on to truth. Come on, do it like that. I'm holding on to truth. I don't know why we're doing that, but it's, it feels good. I'm holding on to truth. And truth becomes an anchor in my life. And it's not based on trust in man because man is man. Things are going to happen. It's based on a foundation and a trust in Jesus that no matter what the storm, no matter what situations look like, no matter if you're catching fish or you're not catching fish, we hold on to what Jesus said. When, Je when, they, when Jesus told them to throw their nets out, they weren't catching any fish. These were experienced fishermen. They weren't catching any fish. Their minds was telling them, this guy's lost his mind. I was just fishing in that spot, and I'm telling you, there's no fish. Jesus said, do it anyway. Come on, somebody. And they held on to the words that Jesus said. They held on to their truth. Because it's not the experiences you have that set you free. It's the truth you know that set you free. And sometimes you've got to get ticked off enough at the enemy. Sometimes you've got to get ticked off enough in life to decide, hey, if I'm a follower of Christ and I've got to make a decision, your husband can't make it for you, your wife can't make it for you, your pastor can't make it for you, your business can't make it for you, the bank can't make it for you. You make a decision, I'm holding on to the truth. Because it's the truth I know that makes me free. Sometimes you've got to slap the devil in the face. Are you with me here this morning? And, and, and there's an intensity to being a disciple of Christ. Again, the trail is full of peaks and valleys and this and that. It's not all, it's not all fresh smells of roses and new carpet. Come on, I love those smells. The new leather, leather smell in a vehicle, what a smell. If I could smell that all day long, that would be outstanding. Come on. But the truth is, the truth is sometimes life is ugly. And the trail is not pretty. And if Jesus didn't think you needed a Savior, he wouldn't have came. But he knew it was going to be times where it's ugly. He knew there was going to be economy times. He knew the weather wasn't going to cooperate at times. He knew that people weren't going to cooperate at times. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And he came and said, I'm going to give my life for them. Not for just wearing t-shirts or this or that. I'm giving my life for them so that when they get on my trail and follow me, not only will they get on the trail, they'll stay on the trail and they'll live the life that I want them to live and have called them to live. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Number three, discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. It's exchanging your old life for the new life that Jesus gives you. It's walking in the divine nature of God. It's accepting his nature it's your nature, and I've already, already said that, but I can't say that enough. We have to accept the nature of God as our nature. Well, I'm angry. Yeah, you were angry. Now you have the divine nature of God, and you're full of love. Come on. 
Well, I'm, 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 you know, I'm too tired. No, you were tired, but when you're weak, he becomes the strength in your life. It's called holding on to the divine nature of God. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and there's a lot of things in life, listen, that don't make sense, and there's things that, 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 that we go through. But here at the Life Church, when we say connecting you with God's purpose, we're talking about the divine nature of God, learning how to operate in that, leave this building, take it to your workplace, take it to your city, take it to your ball games, take it to your business, but mainly let's take it to our homes and let the divine nature following Jesus operate in our lives. So am I, are you with me this morning? Number two, and we're running out of time fast. Number two, your language should line up with God's word. Your language should line up with God's word. Now, what's our common purpose? Jesus. What's the, what's the mission of the church? Our church here, Life Church. Connecting people with God's purpose. But our common purpose is what? Jesus. So, so it's, not, it's not a bunch of individuals sitting here. The Bible says we're one body. We're one body and one accord. That it tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, which means, I remember Terry Sparks saying this year, means some assembly required. You ever buy a bicycle and took it apart, had to put it together? I'm one of them guys that likes to buy it straight off the shelf because I don't want to assemble. Come on. But, but, but some assembly required. Have you ever read that? If you're a parent with young kids, you've read some assembly required. And you get in there and you put it together. Well, that's what God is doing with us. But Jesus didn't come to live his life, give his life so we could live in individualism. He gave his life becoming the common purpose for all of us to center around. And so we all use our unique gifts, our talents, our leadership, our abilities, our, our totality of life, our creativity. And we center around this one cause, this one purpose, which is living as a disciple of Christ. And that becomes our common purpose. We need some commonality. Individualism, you could take 10 people who are individualistic, put them in the same room and they could accomplish nothing because if there's not a common purpose, there's no accomplishment. But you can take a Sunday morning and say, we're gonna have a great team of worship. We're gonna have good openers. We're gonna have some good teaching. We're gonna love on people. We're gonna get golf carts. Come on, we're gonna do these, these, these events. We're gonna love on people. Uh, uh, we're gonna have groups, we're gonna have classes, we're gonna have men's groups, women's groups, all these things that we, we, we put together here. And you put all that together and we say that Jesus is our common purpose. Now when you come together in a life group, because there's common purpose, then life begins to flow. And God becomes to, begins to use it as a fabric of society. When we gather here this morning, life is flowing. And God is using it as a fabric in our life or a fabric to society because we have a common purpose. If you don't believe in common purpose, then go spend a week on the Marine base. Come on. And you watch a kid. We watched our, 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 one of our kids go through basic training and all that kind of stuff. And, they, and I forgot how long it was, three months or whatever. We went up for that, that celebration type deal. And they're all look the same, talk the same. Boom. You know, they can do it. Hoorah and all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not from the military, so forgive me, but my, or we had a kid and my brother-in-law was, so, and Pastor Daniel. But, but they, what, what's the reason that it works? Common purpose. Common purpose. And if Jesus would become, and is in our church, in the world, that common purpose again, I promise you, the fruit of the Spirit will begin to work like it's never worked before. And, and we have to gather around that. But our language has to line up with God's word. And let me just give you a few thoughts. Simon changed his language by being with Jesus. If you look at Simon when Jesus did the miracle and, and, and 
you know, he's, and, and all the fish were caught, what was his response? What was his initial response? Get away, Lord, you're too, you're too holy. I'm not good enough. That was his initial response. Then a few lines later, he says, I'll follow you. Jesus said, you're going to follow me. You're going to get on the trail. He goes to the trail. He, Simon's got all these ups and downs and, and things that he does. Becomes Peter, the rock that Jesus said, I'll build my church denies Jesus and I always thought this was interesting after he's approached after Jesus goes to the cross and, and is, is crucified he stands in front of the same people and says after he denied him and all those things says Jesus who you crucified something changed somewhere Something changed when he got on the trail. Something changed when he began to walk with Jesus and, and decide, Jesus, I'm giving all this up. I'm leaving everything to walk on your path. And sometimes that path's not easy, but something changed in his language. There was a, there was a difference between the weak guy who said, God, I'm not good enough. I'm messed up. And we've all said that and been there. Maybe you're there this morning. But then there's something that, that Simon got a hold of in the commonality, which was Jesus and his way of living which said, God, I'm, I'm on your path. And somewhere along in that path, transformation began to take place and something shifted in it. And now he's standing in front of the same people and his language changed and saying, Jesus, who you crucified. Now, I'm no dummy. I've read the stories. He was hiding like a chicken. Come on. Which was a slang word in the 40s, if you didn't know that, by the way. But his language changed. And he, in his, in his old nature, yeah, he knew he was hiding at one time. But in his new nature, that, that old nature had left him. He didn't stand around rehearsing all the, all the pain and the mistakes and those kind of things. He got trans transformed into the divine nature of God on this path. And all those mistakes were erased. And he's standing up in the same confidence that the Word of God has, that Jesus had. And he began to talk that way. Are you with me here this morning? And transformation took place. So language is a big deal. Something shifted. Listen, on average as human beings, we speak over 16,000 words a day. Now some of you, that's a little less, because you know, if you don't, you know, some of you don't talk as much. But I know on average, I'm just giving you something I read, statistically, 16,000 words a day. How many of those words are lined up with that mirror that's sitting right there on that table? We can't just look at it. Come on, somebody. We got to say it. So our language is important, and our language lines up. When it gets to a place where it lines up with the Word of God, a shift begins to take place. And if it worked for Peter, if it worked for Simon, come on, and we're on the trail and we're staying on the trail, then it's got to work for us too. And so what's our commonality? It's not us. If you trust in you, you're always going to be let down. Come on. If you trust just in others, you're always going to be let down. But there's one who's faithful. Come on. And his name is Jesus, the name that's above every name. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never let you down. You're going to let people down. I'm going to let people down. But I can assure you, if you shift your trust to Jesus, he will never let you down. He is faithful to his word. And when you're connected to that commonality and that purpose, 
offense no longer has its place and shame no longer has its place and envy, strife, and division no longer has its place because it's not about us as individuals. It's about the common purpose that people on the earth don't know Jesus and if they don't receive Jesus, they're not going to have eternal life in the way that he created them to and to have heaven on earth. So why don't we get fired up and quit talking about bringing people, or, or inviting people to church, inviting people. Let's take the truth we know and the passion that's on the inside of us and let's bring people to Jesus and help them get on that trail. Sometimes church, this is stirring in me, sometimes the greatest way to get help is to help somebody else. And I don't know any greater help in our time of need than Jesus. Our common purpose, we're connecting you with God's purpose, which is the commonality is who? Jesus. What's our mission? Connecting people with God's purpose. So language, so, so 16,000 words a day. You know, Colin got an injury in the, in the first game of the season, and, and his kneecap came out. And so, you know, I told him a few days ago, or right after it happened, I said, son, you have 16,000 words a day you're speaking. And he'd be one that spoke 16,000 words. He's talking. I said, tell your knee to heal every hour. I said, look at your knee and say, knee, and this may seem crazy, come on, but, but, but I'm telling you, a hangover is way more crazier than this, come on. And so I, I said, I want you to look at your knee five times an hour, and I want you to say, knee, I need you to heal. I need you to heal, because Proverbs says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, and our language is evidence of our beliefs. Our language is evidence of who we are. Our language is, uh, is, is evidence of what's really on the inside us. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And language should be progressive in the word of God and in the will of God. And so is his knee healed yet? Nope, but he's speaking to it. Come on, somebody. There may be a four touchdown game coming soon, though, I can tell you that. And that's how you gotta see it. That's how you gotta believe it. That's how you gotta speak it. Because there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a point to this. It's not just individualism. It's the corporate body coming together under the common cause, which is Jesus, who gave his life so that we could have life. And as we make that shift, things begin to change. And language has its power. And I, I'm almost done this morning. Cowboys don't play today. I got a little time, I think. Active language creates movement. I'm a big believer in momentum, but you don't get momentum without movement. Movement is a step. When, when, when Simon said, I'll follow you, that's a step. There's movement. You can, you can, you can, that's tangible. That's something you can, you can get a hold of. I look back from last week and say, hey, what am I doing different today than I did four weeks ago or six weeks ago or two years ago or three years ago? Is there movement in my life? Is there stretching in my life? Is there, is there something different I'm doing today or am I rehearsing the same things that I was 10 years ago? In discipleship, there's constant progression. Everybody say progression. Doesn't mean it's easy. I didn't say it was a straight trail. Sometimes it drops off. Sometimes it goes high. Sometimes it goes this way. Discipleship's all over the place. It took Jesus three and a half years just to get the disciples to the point they were at where he could go. They were still messed up. They were still learning. It's a continual learning for the rest of your life. But don't let the doctor change your language. Don't, don't let society change your language. Don't let economy change your language. If Jesus said he would do it, he would do it. And he said he'd do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we say or we ask or we think. 
So what are we thinking? What are we asking? What are we speaking? That commonality, if we're speaking it on the path and trail of Jesus and his mirror, it's just a matter of time. Come on. And the beautiful thing about language is it's not limited to time. God's so masterful in the way he designed that. Some words are prophetic. Some words are, are a setup for you five years from now. If we're speaking it. Exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. But what are we asking? What are we thinking? If we're rehearsing the past and, and rehearsing only what we've known through our experiences, then that we're going to get another layer of that. No wonder we're so jacked up. Come on, somebody. And that's okay. Because when you know the truth, the truth makes us free. And today we're standing on the foundation of the Word of God. And because we're speaking the Word, because we're valuing our time. Pastor talked about systems last week. Now we know we speak 16,000 words a day. What are we going to do about it? It should change the, the direction of our life. It should change us into a whole new, different, a different place, a different path. And then the last thing in that this morning is that language is contagious. It becomes contagious. I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, legalistic ritual. I'm talking about words of life become contagious. And people get a hold of that and you start believing and you start speaking and you get excited about those things and things start start happening and, and i know i know we look at and you know you look at the younger generation today and some of their language which none of us can hear you can only see it because it's all online but that was a joke by the way we love you that was a good joke too what do you call it and we think boy they're silly they got their slang words and and, and I did this, can I just, you got three more minutes for me? I did this study on slang words. Now, you old timers, I'm about to get you. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I'm about to get you. But I did this study on slang words and 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 because I realized why is it that when something seems cool, everybody starts doing it. And so you got all these slang words and I'll, I'll come back to the younger generation because I still try to figure out what their words mean, I'll be honest with you. But I'm all for the younger generation, so I'm willing to learn. And, and in the 40s, here's some slang talk for you that people, people got a hold of and everybody was saying, you're an ace. Isn't that exciting? Which means that you're, you're like at the highest level. Come on. You're a rookie, which means you're the new guy to the team. See, we thought those were just normal words. Those were slang words that became the norm. They weren't words everybody was saying, but in the 40s, come on, these are, these are slang words that people all got a hold of and it became... It became iconic in the culture of the decade. Are you with me here today? If you like history, you're gonna love this. It's a true history lesson. And it's really not, I'm just talking. Uh, you're a cold fish, means you're boring. You're a geezer, which means an old person. I told you old folks, I'm gonna get you. You used to call people geezers and you get mad at us because the music's too loud. <laughs> you started the old geezer saying, come on. These young people aren't, aren't as crazy as we thought they were. It might help anybody this morning. In the 50s, come on, they were saying hot diggity dog. My, my grandma, when I was little, would get all excited and she'd say, she, her, her response would be, bye jingos. And I was always like, what the heck does that mean? I thought she was saying, bye gringos, you know? She'd say, bye jingos. And so, so, he, so it's amazing, dreamboat. Uh, now I can't read my own writing. You're a big dog, or, or, or 
You have a shiner on your eye, which means black eye. That came out of the 50s, which means before that it wasn't said. Come on, somebody. So language is contagious. Now, we'll get in the 60s. This is a difficult one, but in the 60s, it was groovy and far out. I mean, this is Brady Bunch 101 right here. I dig it. That's a bummer. But it became part of the language that became contagious. In the 70s, you were a spaz if you didn't pay attention. You were a dork if you liked the books, which means nerd. Uh, we're going to the flip side. Meet me at the crib. What's cracking? Come on. That was 70s slang words. Am I helping anybody this morning? If, you, if this ain't helping you, nothing's going to help you. In the 80s, it was gnarly. Now, I remember some of this. Bogus. You're a wannabe. You barf me out. Come on. That's when you'd write the note to the girl at the deal, and she sends the note back saying, you barf me out. Come on. I never got that note. I don't know about anything. I heard somebody out there say, yeah, right. Lord be with you. This is a good one from the 80s. I'm bad to the bone. Come on. Bad to the bone. In the 90s, 90s were, were Snoop Dogg era. Come on. We, if we got into that, I'd get fired. I'll be honest with you this morning. But booyah was a big deal. You do something good and then booyah. Y'all remember that? As if... That was when you asked a girl to homecoming and they're like, as if, no sir. It's a reinterpretation of you barf me out. Come on, language has a purpose, I'm telling you. And there was this one, don't go there. Girlfriend, come on. And then I'm all that in a bag of chips, come on. The modern era, you're extra. Don't spill the tea, or I'm spilling the tea. I tell you, I'm going to fail at this one. You're Gucci. You're bougie. That's a modern era. Come on. Which would have been our way of saying, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. So language, everybody say, language is a determination of who you are and what you believe. And if the language of the world can become so popular to the world and they can rally around that with a common purpose to change the way that people speak, then how much more powerful is the Word of God who was written by man but came through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? And if we'll get a hold of what the Word of God says and let that become the language of our life and language of this generation, of the young and the old coming together to speak this language, I believe that there'll be more disciples and followers of Christ come out than ever before. And so if we connect with this common purpose through our groups and through joining together and taking it out into the world, I believe that this year is going to be the greatest year, that the second half of this year is going to be the greatest year we've seen at the Life Church in a long time. Come on, somebody. And I believe it's going to be the greatest time and greatest place in your life that you've seen in a long time. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Remember, when you get in a group and sign up after church, you're signing up to get in commonality with someone else. You're signing up for a purpose that's built on the name of Jesus that says, together, come on, we're going to bring freedom to each other's lives. And the other thing, listen to me, the last thing Simon said 
during that process, after they caught all those fish, he called other people in to join him, to help them put them all in the basket. Come on. And that's what we're at as a church. I believe we're launching into something special. There's a fresh anointing coming on the church in your life and something is happening and the enemy wants to take you down, listen to me, but we rise up and hold on to the words of truth. And that's how we gotta live. Come on, lift your hands to heaven with me. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. We receive your Holy Spirit. We receive the welcoming of your spirit. We declare today that, that where the truth is, there's freedom. And Father, I pray blessings over each and every person. Shout this with me, Jesus. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. You are the captain of my ship. I'm on the trail with you. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm gonna live in your will. I'm gonna talk in your will. I'm gonna love in your will. And that trail might not always be easy, but I'm trusting in you. You're the author and the finisher of my faith. And this church, the life church, each and every one of us, come on, say it loud, we are connected with God's purpose. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a shout this morning.